Pain is no stranger to chronic illness sufferers. In fact, sometimes it feels like we don't remember what it feels like to be without pain. Many of us have been told that the pain is only in our heads, which only serves to unfairly invalidate what we are going through. But what exactly is pain? Is it caused by the strange endometriosis implant in our body? Is it caused by inflammation? Is it caused by structural abnormalities within our organs, muscles, or bones? How are pain signals transmitted from the brain? These are all very important questions, and I'm really excited to be speaking to Dr. Howard today. Dr. Howard Shubina is a clinician, author, and researcher who has conducted groundbreaking research on a treatment plan that can resolve rather than manage chronic pain. He is the director of the Mind Body Medicine Center at Providence Hospital in Southfield, Michigan, and a clinical professor at Wayne State University and Michigan State University School of Medicine. He has authored over 60 scientific publications and lectures nationally and internationally. Dr. Howard is the author of the book, Unlearn Your Pain, and co-author of the book, Hidden From View, The Clinician's Guide to Physiopsychological Disorders. Dr. Howard is the author of the book, Unlearn Your Pain, and co-author of the book, Hidden From View, A Clinician's Guide to Psychophysiological Disorders. We'll be talking about chronic pain and the role of the brain in this. Remember that I am not a medical professional, so whatever I share on this podcast is to inspire and empower you to take control of your health and your bodies. Please always speak to your healthcare professional before making any major changes to your diet or lifestyle. With that said, let's get right to it. Very pleased to meet you today. So can we start with um, a bit about your background and how you've come to be interested in the psychology of chronic pain? Uh, I am an internal medicine doctor and I didn't have much interest in pain for many years. Um, and uh, I read a book by Dr. Sarno, S-A-R-N-O. Okay. Someone gave me this book, and because a friend of his had been basically cured of her chronic pain by reading the book. So that's pretty unusual to have that happen. Yeah. And uh, I read the book, and uh, I was interested in the mind-body connection that Dr. Sarno talked about. I had studied that a long time ago when I was in the university. And so I went to work with him for a little bit, saw what he did, what he does and did. And then I started reading a lot about the brain and pain and the neuroscience of pain and the psychology of pain and the physiology of pain. And so for the past 17 years, I've been talking to people and starting to do this work. Wow. Many endometriosis sufferers, they deal with pain on a regular basis. um, And many of them already start feeling pain even before the diagnosis of endometriosis. They go through a lot of, you know, the pain is in your head and it's not real. And it kind of is something that we're still struggling with. So how would you describe the role of the brain in pain? So it's pain because of the endometriosis. So just as an example, implants are in the wrong place, or is it because of the inflammation or the structural you know, abnormalities, or is it just something else? So how can we explain 
pain in this instance? Well, you have to take each person as an individual. Uh, I don't think you can take everyone who has been diagnosed with endometriosis and put them into one category. Okay. Uh, in order to understand the pain of endometriosis, you have to understand pain. And it turns out that all pain is real. There's no such thing as imaginary pain or fake pain. Okay. Anyone, anyone who says the pain is all in your head is either ignorant or cruel or both. Because they're implying it's not real or you want the pain or you're, you know, it's your fault or you're crazy somehow. Yeah. And none of that is true. So all pain is real. Yeah. That's number one. Number two, all pain is created by the brain. So it turns out that when you touch a hot stove, it's not your finger causing pain. It's actually the brain. And that's the neuroscience of pain. Because the, the brain works by something called predictive coding. And the, that means that the brain predicts, it's like an artificial intelligence computer, it predicts what it should do based on its past experience, and then it creates that. So our brain actually creates what we see. We don't actually see with our eyes, we see with visual cortex in the back of our brain. All those fibers, the light comes in our eyes, but the brain constructs, constructs actually what we see. And the same is true with feeling. So as an example, uh, my wife has the same breakfast every morning, slice of apple, yogurt, and granola. And two summers ago, she woke up early and she had an extra slice. And she came up to the bedroom and she fed it to me. I didn't see it. And I bit down on the slice and I had a horrible, disgusting taste in my mouth. It turned out it wasn't an apple that day, it was a peach. Wow. The peach was sweet and it was good and I love peaches but my brain was expecting apple. And so it created a disgusting taste in my mouth because of the softness of the peach compared to the expected crunch of the apple. Yeah. So several years ago, I had back pain and it hurt every time I bent over. It turned out that my brain was predicting pain every time I bent over and creating that pain. And it turned out there was actually nothing wrong with my back. And I had to change the coding in my brain. I had to change the software, the programming, the neural circuits in my brain to get rid of the pain, which I did simply by reminding myself every time I bent over that I was fine, that I was not in danger. And so the brain responds to physical injury by producing pain. But not every time. You can have an injury and the brain may not turn on pain. For example, if you're um, if you're uh, you know running if you break if you're running from a lion and you break an ankle you wouldn't get pain because your brain would not turn on pain because you would die if you got pain. <laughs> There's a big idea. So pain is a decision the brain makes, and pain can occur because an injury, some kind of damage in the body, triggers pain. Yeah. But pain. Can also occur because of stress and emotions, because stress and emotions activate the exact same part of the brain that turns on pain, which we call the danger alarm mechanism. So, what what my job is 
is to help people on an individual basis figure out if their pain is being caused by a structural problem or by a neural circuit problem in the brain in the absence of a structural problem or a combination of the two. And that's what I do. It turns out in my experience for 17 years doing this, that most people with chronic pain do not actually have a structural problem in the body. Not all, but most. And the reason is, is that for example, if you take people with headaches, tension or migraine headaches, those are not structural problems in the brain. Those are neural circuit problems because if you rule out a structural problem with uh, you know, CAT scan or MRI of the brain, tooth, and mouth, and sinuses and all that, 95% of those people don't have a structural problem. The same is true with people with stomach pain and pelvic pain and back pain. And we've done studies to prove that. The problem is, is that, for example, in back pain, People who have back pain typically have abnormal MRIs of their back, showing degenerative disc disease and bulging discs. But people with no back pain have the same incidence of degenerative disc disease and bulging discs. Right. So to blame the pain on the degenerative disc disease and the bulging disc is not helpful. And it's usually inaccurate. So when you get to endometriosis, yeah. There's a problem because endometriosis can be mild, moderate, or severe. Yeah. And people with severe endometriosis are more likely to have pain due to the endometriosis. But what about people with mild endometriosis? It turns out that many women have endometriosis without any pain. Yeah. Right? And so research shows that when you do laparoscopies on women, some women with pain have endometriosis, some women with pain do not have endometriosis. Some women without pain have endometriosis. Some women without pain do not have endometriosis. Mm. So to blame all, in, in someone who is diagnosed with endometriosis, to blame all of their pain on endometriosis could be incorrect. But you have to, you know, distinguish that on an individual basis. You can't make a blanket statement you can't say no one with endometriosis has a structural cause for their pain. Yeah. And you can't say that everyone with endometriosis has a structural cause for their pain. Yeah. That's my view that the answer lies somewhere in the middle. And my, my work is to help people investigate their pain and determine if it's being caused by their brain or by the body or by a combination of the two. Okay. So how would you say you go about the process of helping people understand the cause or the source of their pain? So endometriosis, like you've rightly said, endometriosis patients um, and the level of their pain has nothing to do with the stage of endometriosis that they've got. But how would you help or what process would you take to help people understand or figure out what, what the source of their pain is, if it's a structural thing of the, or if it's something else? Right. Well, first what I would... First, what I do is I look at their records and look at the stage of how severe the endometriosis is and how well it's controlled. So if someone has mild endometriosis but severe pain, there's a chance that the pain is not actually due to the endometriosis. If the endometriosis is staying the same over time but the pain is getting worse, 
that's another clue that the pain may be due to neural circuits in the brain. Right. Chronic pain due to neural circuits in the brain typically gets worse over time. And the reason is, is that people justifiably are afraid of their pain. Yeah. And fear of the pain activates further danger alarm in their brain. And the danger alarm makes the pain worse. So the, so the first thing is to, and, if, and sometimes what happens is people get treatment for endometriosis and then their pain doesn't get better or it gets worse. Yeah. That's, that's a disconnect. That's not making sense structurally. Uh, pain that varies quite a bit over time is more likely to be neural circuit pain. Sometimes it's severe, sometimes it's gone, sometimes it's, you know, maybe it's worse in the morning or better in the afternoon. That's suggestive of a neural circuit or a brain problem. Right. Uh, pain that shifts, that moves around. Sometimes it's in the lower abdomen, sometimes it's on the right side, sometimes it's on the left side. That's suggestive of a neural circuit because a disease pain from a disease doesn't move around in location. Um, so these are the kind of things that I ask people. Pain that's triggered. Well, if pain is worse with hot or cold or the weather, that's likely to be a neural circuit pain because hot, cold, or weather, the wind uh, doesn't affect the body. That's yeah. um, worse with stress is more likely to be a neural circuit pain. Um, Pain that occurs when someone imagines being in a situation that triggers their pain is likely to be a neural circuit. Like if you have pain with your period and you just stop and close your eyes and imagine having your period and then you get pain, then it's not actually due to the period. Yeah. It's due to the fear of the period of the menstruation. Yeah. Um, some people have many other symptoms in addition to pelvic pain. They may have fibromyalgia irritable bowel, interstitial cystitis, migraine headaches, neck and back pain. And so people with those kind of things are more likely to have neural circuit type pain because those are other neural circuit type mm. pain problems. And they typically go together. People who have histories of adverse childhood events, like um, difficult, difficulty with parents, drug abuse in the family, divorce, abuse, neglect, uh, parental uh, drug use, parental arguing, anything that makes a child feel unsafe growing up, primes the brain and that danger signal in the brain that makes it more likely that they'll develop chronic pain later. And, and oftentimes people will see that when they're in a more stressful situation, their pain is, is higher. And that's another clue. So those are the and, the, and I've written about those in my books, and those are the clues that I help to investigate uh, the symptoms so that we can know uh, if it's really a structural problem or not. Right. And that's, you know, it's critical to have that understanding because if you're afraid that you're physically damaged, uh, it's hard to recover. Because remember what I had to do with my back pain when I bent over. I had to tell myself I was okay. Yeah. Well, it's hard to tell yourself you're okay when you when you think your back is damaged. Yeah. It's hard to tell yourself you're okay when you think that your uh, you know, tissues are damaged. Yeah. Okay. 
So for endometriosis sufferers, right, they get the pain usually every month. So most times during their period, there's pain outside of the periods for most of uh, most of us. But um, the fact that, like you said, being afraid of the pain can cause pain as well. So how would you usually, so after investigating and figuring out the clues to say if it's a structural reason or, um, or if it's the brain that's sending those signals, how um, do you then go forward with these um, patients? How do you help them to unlearn their pain? If, um, if, we're, if we're clear that the brain is causing the pain, then our job is to reprogram the brain. Yep. We do that by correcting the prediction error uh, in the brain. And we do that by training the brain not to be afraid, training the person not to be afraid. So when pain comes, they can look at it. They can separate from it. They can watch it. They can begin to do things even though they're in pain, little by little, challenging the pain and, and proving to their brain that it's not dangerous. Yeah. Um, another component of the treatment is to deal with any emotions that may have arisen, or any emotions that may be related to it. Because people who get changes in their pain with stress, usually it's because there's something in their life that's, that's problematic. So what if they're in a job which is very difficult for them, or in a relationship that's very difficult for them, or uh, relationship with siblings or with parents or with children, all those kind of stressful emotions can activate more pain. And so sometimes it's critical to deal with those situations as well. Right. Okay. Very insightful. So when you were speaking earlier, you talked about fibromyalgia and interstitial cystitis and the rest of them. I'm interested in fibromyalgia because I have a few friends that believe they've got it. It's a bit of a difficult diagnosis because it's not really, it's just like pain all over the body. So how would you, and there's actually a lot of endometriosis sufferers that say they've, they've been diagnosed with it or they feel like they might have it. So can you explain a bit more about what it is and how its symptoms are manifested and if it's definitely one of those, um, I'll say diseases that have to do with the brain sending signals and not necessarily something physically wrong with you? Yes. Um... So if someone has endometriosis and they have pelvic pain, but the pain starts spreading yeah. to their, their legs or upper abdomen or chest or back or head, uh, that's a sign that it's their brain that's causing the spreading pain. Yeah. And fibromyalgia, you're correct, is, is, is widespread chronic pain with no disease, no structural problem in the body. I mean, that's what fibromyalgia is. It's just a name. It means you have pain all over. Yeah. Um, but in fibromyalgia, you've ruled out a rheumatologic condition like rheumatoid arthritis. You've ruled out lupus. You've ruled out other neurologic conditions. So the cause of the pain is unknown. But from my point of view, it's very well known. It's due to neural circuits in the brain. Right. And that, that's a reversible condition, and that's exactly what we do. And we've done research on fibromyalgia showing that people who deal with the, their emotional distress have much 
greater reduction in pain than people who um, don't do that kind of uh, therapy. So, uh, you know, the more symptoms that uh, a, a woman has, the happier I am, not for her. But it's easier to make a diagnosis of a brain-caused situation because if someone is having you know, pelvic pain and back pain and migraine and irritable bowel and fibromyalgia and interstitial cystitis and numbness and tingling of the hands and feet, mm. and they've been to doctors and they don't have a, a structure or cause for that, then yeah, that's a neural circuit problem. And those people can be helped. Right. Okay, that's good to know. So um, your book, Unlearn Your Pain, does it, can you say a bit more about it? Is it something that patients can learn from by, you know, reading it and understanding how to, you know, force or teach their brain to block those signals? And also how or where can we find the book? Yeah, um, I wrote the book on Learn Your Pain for Patients to Use. The first four chapters are the science of pain that I described very briefly to you. Now, the fifth chapter is how to make the diagnosis in oneself. And the, the rest of the chapters are a self-guided recovery program. It includes access to meditations to calm the brain and exercises to retrain the brain and how to do some of the emotional work to deal with emotional situations. So it's all, that's all in the book. Okay. Uh, I, have, I have another book called Unlearn Your Anxiety and Depression because anxiety and depression often go with these conditions as well. Okay. And so, yeah, the, um, the books are available, uh, you know, from my website or from Amazon.com. Um, but there's also an ebook because I know you're in Britain. Yes. Ship, the cost of shipping books to Britain is, is very expensive. It's horribly expensive. Yeah. So, uh, what, uh, so because we have an e-book, it's a lot cheaper. There's no shipping. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So your website is unlearnyourpain.com, right? To get the book. Yes. Okay. And then it's also on Amazon. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay, thank you so much. So is there any other advice that you'd like to give the audience today, like something that they should take away from this conversation today? Yeah, um, I think it's really important for people to understand that their suffering is real. You know, it's not imaginary. You know, no one is saying it's all in your head. That's a very, you know, it's a horrible thing to tell somebody. Um, but the new science of the brain shows that the brain often creates pain, and the brain can create pain in the absence of a physical injury. And this is a really revolutionary idea. Now, these concepts may certainly won't apply to every person who is diagnosed with endometriosis. But there are ways, like I said, to investigate the symptoms and investigate the pain and determine if they can be helped, because I really, I hate to see people suffer when actually they can get better. Oh, thank you very much. This was really good and helpful. And it's good to know that doctors are taking 
um, pain seriously, pain of patients seriously. So this is something that I'm excited to share with my audience. So thank you. Thank you very much. It's yeah. a pleasure to talk with you. Appreciate it. Thank you. We have learned from Dr. Howard today that pain is definitely not in your head. Your suffering is real, and anyone who says that it isn't is either ignorant or cruel. However, it is possible for the brain to create pain in the absence of physical injury. The first step is to investigate the cause of your pain and then begin to teach the brain to unlearn the pain. Dr. Howard's book is available on his website www.unlearnyourpain.com and on Amazon. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, I would love to know. Send me comments or even a DM through my Instagram or Facebook page. Share with your friends and subscribe to the podcast. If you also have any questions to ask or topics you would like me to discuss, feel free to shoot me an email on info at notdefinedbyendo.com. I love to hear from you all. All of this information can be found in the show notes. Until next time, my name is Teniela and remember, you are not defined by endo.